This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Uh, Tim Ryder, Taryn Sharma. Uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, Taryn, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you. This, uh, I think we should call this the, uh, the Por Que No episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, where, where they go from here is, is really up in the air. Nothing's impossible at this point. Nothing's written in stone. And yeah, it should be an exciting, well, hopefully an exciting next couple of weeks, at least to figure out where this team stands, who they really are, what have you. Um, We have seen some promising things lately develop. Um, Nice to see the Aces finally doing their thing. That's right. And I, I mean, look, there are a lot of ways to be a bad team in baseball. And, uh, some are more enjoyable to watch than others. Uh, I put this squarely, uh, you know, it's six out of 10 in terms of how miserable this season has been because uh, the baby Mets are really uh, a major redeeming factor for the season. Like, I don't know where we would be as a fan base uh, if Francisco Alvarez had not been up and playing, right? Like if Narvaez doesn't hurt his calf, right? <laughs> and we don't get this Francisco Alvarez, this this really fun, amazing season where a uh, 21-year-old rookie catcher is probably going to hit 30 bombs. Uh, what would this season be? This is like, then it's like a 12 out of 10. Because you had high expectations and it, and it's as terrible as it could possibly be, uh, so I'd say that the uh, the 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 Alvarez show has been worth watching. He's a great quote. He just like everything he does is so funny. I don't, he just like his his mannerisms are so funny, but he's like he's goofy but cool at the same time. It's uh it's fun and and. Truth be told, I, I mean, like, I, I think that he really has the sort of charisma to be the face of the franchise here. Oh, he really does. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's funny that you put along the, the the part goofy, part cool thing, because, you know, Pete Alonzo is, you know, probably does the part goofy, part cool thing, but he leans more towards goofy and it works for yeah. him. But Francisco yeah. Alvarez, like, he, he's just... That is one smooth young man. Like, I'm sure that even off the baseball field, that dude is just like silk. Anyway, um, <laughs> what we've seen, you know, we've talked a bunch about trajectories and up and downs, especially for young players. What, I guess, the stride that Francisco Alvarez is hitting now, it's, it's really unlike anything we've seen so far this season. Over his last 15 games, which is 50 uh, 50 played, uh, 50, excuse me, 50 at bats 
on the nose, and that's through Wednesday night's win at uh, versus the White Sox, making three in a row for the Mets. Um, so over his last 50 at-bats, he's hitting 340, 411, 760, seven home runs, 15 runs driven in, and 13 strikeouts. 40, uh, excuse me, 18 of his 40 runs batted in this season have come with two strikes. For a 21-year-old rookie catcher, which one, you know, what catchers have become in today's game, unless you're a very select few, um, and just being a 21-year-old player in Major League Baseball, what we're seeing from Francisco Alvarez, this is... I mean, I remember Mike Piazza's rookie season, and boy, he took the place by storm, and he was hitting for, you know, hitting for average a little bit later, but um, well, I could pull up stats. He might have been hitting for average his rookie season, too, but Francisco Alvarez is hitting some sort of trajectory, and, you know, we can't put a whole ton of stock into what we're seeing now, like, oh, my God, this is him. There's going to be ups and downs. There always is. Look at what's going on with Brett Beatty, who we'll talk about in a second, but um, boy, you have to be encouraged with what you're seeing from Alvarez, man. Definitely, yeah. The guy hits the ball hard. He's shown an ability to adjust. He has energy. He's yeah. I, I mean, he's been everything, and 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 appears to be a really good teammate as well. Um, I love the relationship that he and Beatty have, and and um, it was really cool to see. Um, I forget who posted it, but. There was a photo of them going back to back uh, in the minors a couple years ago, and then they go back to back last night. It's just awesome, um, and uh, the the fact that they enjoy being around each other. I think that a lot of what we hope that the Mets will be really uh, focuses on those two guys being excellent and and part of the the core going forward. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, that's been the best part of the season, honestly. Um, what do you make of, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What do you make of Beatty's struggles? Cause you know, it has, it certainly hasn't been, you know, peaches and cream for Brett Beatty so far. He's had, uh, his fair share of ups and downs and again, all very natural for this point in his career. Um, we've seen, I'll say developments. We've seen upticks. We've seen confidence building. Where are you with regards to where he could be a year from now, where he could be three years from now? Is he built for the major leagues? I still think he is, but there are some people who, who really are starting to doubt it. And I think it's way too soon for that. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to just say like, Oh, this guy is not going to be anything. I, the thing is that his batted ball profile has always been that he hits the ball on the ground a lot. Um, and that's really tough to have success doing that at the major league level because the defense is just too good. I'm hopeful that uh, that maybe with some adjustments that he can start pulling the ball in the air a little bit more, and then he's a whole different type of player. I mean, then again, it hasn't happened yet so who knows if it will or if it can but he's still young and i'm hopeful that if they they have the right coaches in there and i'm not sure if those are the people that are currently on staff but that's a different discussion um 
that that we might be able to see him unlock more of what he could be. I, I think he is still a talented guy. I, I think um, he show he's shown that he's able to run into one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, what else can we do but hope? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen a handful of over twenties, but you've seen him snap out of them too with a couple of like, you know, hits in three games in a row. Whatever, he's got home runs in consecutive games. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. He's got hits in his last three. Uh, he's bounced back really nicely off a couple of very tough defensive plays. Um, we haven't been on the show in a while, but that uh, that pop fly um, against the Dodgers, yeah, against the Dodgers. That you know that thing went from foul territory, probably I don't know, fifteen feet uh, fair across, or probably right across the bag. Um, yeah, it wasn't an easy play. It was just a costly one, but there's many layers to that that we're not going to delve back into now. It's just too late for it. But, uh, you know, the play that he made on Wednesday night, little snatch play and throw it, you know, all the way across the diamond uh, with authority was, you know, that's, I think we, we've seen shades of his ceiling and, uh, or at least where he's headed as a player. I'm still very excited for his future. I know Alvarez is, you know, he's looking like a prodigy, but um, Brett Beatty, I truly think he's going to be a, a cornerstone piece, if not, you know, just a tenured cog for, for many years to come. But I do think that bat's going to play, and I think it's going to play consistently. Yeah, um, I'm hopeful. I think that the defense has uh, shown signs of improvement. I, yeah, the like you said, the – the pop-up I, I don't think is worth relitigating because that was such a ridiculous play. But um, yeah, he's uh, still only 23 years old. Right. And so, I mean, we'll see I, players become different things at, at different times. I, it's kind of funny. If you look at his batted ball profile on Savant, it's uh, his it uh, similar batters includes JD Davis this year. Who's having a, a phenomenal year. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure uh, what he'll be long-term, but I think he's, I think he's capable of improving. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of areas on this roster that are capable of, imp- of improving even over the next couple of weeks and, and showing who they can actually be. And, you know, even looking at like the, like, let's say the bullpen is understaffed or whatever, you know, we could look at them a million times and say, you know, this is, you know, maybe not ideal, but what David Robertson's done is been nothing short of great. You wish it would be used a little bit more efficiently, but again, probably another discussion for another podcast. Uh, Brooks Raley, since he's come back, he's got like a 2.14 ERA. Terrific. Um, Grant Hardwick, Grant Hardwick is not a terrible pitcher. Again, usage issues have really plagued this bullpen. But just like players have to adjust, I think hopefully Buck can also adjust to some of these things that have plagued the team over the first half of the season, first half plus now, and um, hopefully keep it moving. And, you know, we saw last season how wins can kind of overshadow poor decisions. Um Buck's going to make poor decisions. Hopefully more wins are rolling in and, and, and that can all get overshadowed. And, uh, you know, as far as the starters, you know, if they're going to do anything over the next few weeks, what the Mets saw from Max against the Dodgers, seven scoreless 
and uh, Justin Verlander on Wednesday uh, against the White Sox. Uh, eight earned run, uh, eight inning pitched, eight innings pitched with an earned run. Uh, that earned run courtesy of my absolute, probably my favorite non-Met in baseball, Luis Robert Jr. Um, you know, this is going to be the foundation of whatever the Mets are going to do over the next few weeks. Uh, I guess before we take a break and talk about what could happen over the next few weeks and past those next few weeks, do you think there's, you know, <laughs> to quote uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber, you know, are you saying that there's a chance <laughs> uh, to make the playoffs? Well, to, to, you know, the Mets are what seven games out in the wild card after the win on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure everyone in the. I'm not sure who's still playing right now. I know the Padres played today. I know the uh, this evening. Arizona's still playing right now. Arizona's still playing. Uh, Reds played. Yeah, this might be seven going into Thursday. So, I mean. Trade deadlines weeks away, like literally two weeks away. Are are you one buying into what can happen over the next two weeks if the Mets actually make a push? And I guess two, if they can show you something, are you convinced that this team still has the potential we thought they had? Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ultimate double question there yeah i i would i would be stunned if they were capable at this point of putting together enough consistent performances and winning 45 uh or what 44 of their next 87 games or something like that whatever they need to win to get to like 89 90 wins i would be really 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 surprised if they were capable of doing that uh, they have done this, right? Like this, this three game run is really nice. Uh, and they had the six game winning streak as well. And then in between there is like a four game losing streak. So they're, they're not consistent enough. They don't get enough out of, uh, the lineup. And when they do, they don't necessarily get enough good pitching, uh, I think uh, Michael Mayer tweeted out that they're 29 and five or something uh, when they get six innings from their starters, but they don't do that enough. Uh, I mean, just that, that number, right? Like they just haven't had that often enough this year. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I would just be very surprised if they were able to get that. I, I think that what they need to do is, focus on on getting more pieces because that's not just to be able to call those guys up in the future that's to develop what you have in terms of trade chips going forward um and you know this winter i think that they could make a run at otani maybe eat some of the salary and deal sorry some of these contracts um i'm not sure but yeah I, I, I still think that they need to find out what they have in these rookies. Uh, I don't think Vientos got a full run. I don't think that, um, you know, obviously Mauricio has gotten that opportunity yet. So I would like to know if those guys are going to be major league hitters, because if they are, then that changes what the lineup is. Um, 
And then also, uh, you know, Pete has not been right since he got hit. Um, he just hasn't been very good. And, and so if he's not going to be healthy, you know, obviously Marte is going through so much. He's been awful this year, clearly still reeling from his, uh, surgery this off season. Um, today he was, um, he's been having like cluster headaches, migraines, uh, the last few days, the worst, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. They're awful. Um, and so, Given all of those things that are going on, I just don't know where exactly they're going to get consistent production from uh, in order to reel off that type of clip. And so I, I think that they should be looking to trade Robertson, trade Fam, and uh, and really a lot of the other non-core pieces and see what exactly they have. What would you think... Uh, well, why don't we go to break and then I'll ask you. Yeah, cool. Let's take a quick one. Hang tight. Listen to the uh, to our to our lovely sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back. Hang tight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Um, We were talking about where this team stands. Uh, Very Mirage-like questions. Um, (laughs) no, No, you know, really, I mean, we haven't seen enough proof that this team can withstand the next 70 odd games or whatever this might be. Uh, It's just, we haven't seen anything of the sort, any, any consistency that would indicate that they're able to, to do this on paper. Sure. This might be a group that can make some waves. And again, seven games in a wild card race with, uh, you know, a handful of teams ahead of them. It's not unprecedented. It's not impossible. But you have to be realistic. And and I, I think, that at least you hope, that the organization is going to look at this with a, a clear mind. Um, I know you mentioned the kids, and, you know, Vientos is clicking again. He's, I want to say, over his last, here we go, over his last 12 games, he's hitting 280, 321, 500. So, you know, he's clearly ready to take that jump. Ronnie had a major, major downturn after a red hot may hit three uh, excuse me 367 407 541 in may with 14 doubles and a homer uh in june that dropped to 202 260 360 uh the power increased to four home runs but everything else fell off a cliff uh over his last seven uh, and that's of course heading into i would say without wednesday's games coming off a of baseball reference 267, 290, 600. So there's a middle ground there. There's a, a happy medium where Ronnie is also ready to explode. Now, I get the calls for more seasoning. I think at this point, when you know what his ceiling could be, you also know what his caveats are as a player. He chases a lot. He's, he's you know, 
he chases a lot. That's, that's pretty much the knock on him. And we see guys who can succeed in this league and chase a lot, but you don't want to stunt a guy's development by throwing him into the league to just be eaten alive. There have been so many great and talented prospects, you know, high-end blue chip could be future stars in this league that were just eaten up by a very, very, you know, best-in-the-world league. I think Ronnie could withstand that storm, but I get the hesitance of playing it easy. Now, regardless of the Mets make a run or not, there should be guys who are going to be off the roster come trade deadline. You mentioned a couple in Robertson. Um, Fam's a curious one. The Mets are close. Fam's been so important to this team. Uh, I think ultimately, you know, Prudence would say trade him because his value would be probably the highest it'll be for the rest of his career. On the other hand, if the Mets are in the run, a guy like Tommy Pham is nice to have around. So, you know, something to think about. But they can even get creative. They can eat money. They can move things. What I know we talked a little bit about trading Max and, and um, I almost said Jake, uh, Justin Verlander. Um, you know, it's looking more and more like Verlander. He, he His quote was, uh, and I, boy, I wish I could remember where this came. It was from The Athletic. I'm, all right, we got it. From The Athletic. And uh, very brief part of it, a paraphrase is, I'm committed here. And that's nice to hear. Um, the Mets will need a front line starting pitcher next year. Right. Between Max and, and Verlander, whether it's both, whether it's one of them, uh, do you see anybody leaving? Do you see both returning? What are your thoughts on the situation, regardless of where the Mets stand? If they get good interest, are you moving them? If they get good interest in a sweetheart deal, I should say. Are you moving them? Uh, probably more inclined to move Max, I think. But uh, I don't know. I Yeah, yeah, I think I would, but it still leaves the question as to who is going to make up the rotation next year. I mean, like maybe you have a one in five shot to get Otani who knows. Uh, so that could be one guy. Uh, I'm honestly not letting myself get excited over Otani yet. I won't, I will not let myself, because bro, if that happened, that would change everything. So I'm, I'm literally just like, I'm tuning it out. I'm putting it out of my head completely. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, he's going to be a Dodger. So <laughs> there's no need. So? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's, I think there's dark horses out there. I think that people will pull together everything. Cause again, this could, this would change an organization. Forget about the, like the, the baseball side of things. Like as an organization, if you're looking to change the culture of your organization, it doesn't matter if you're winning or losing because you have Shohei Otani and, you know, you're, he, they've put, he's put the Angels on the map. He's did something that Mike Trout couldn't do. Mike Trout's one of the greatest ball players to ever play the game. And nobody was watching the Angels. Now people are watching the Angels nightly to see what Shohei Otani does. You could yeah. put him on the Kansas City Royals and it would change everything <laughs> in Kansas City. Yeah, but, but why would he... Yeah, why? No, 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 I'm just saying hypothetically. He would never. Yeah, he would yeah. never. Now, I understand that a lot of times. On the West Coast? 
you think that's that's a, a surefire thing for him? Uh, I think winning is the most important thing to okay. him. And there's no more consistent organization in all of baseball than the Dodgers. Yeah. And that's even without them winning. Like, I mean, they have one fake title in 40 years. Yeah. And they're the, but they're still consistent about winning the division and winning 90 games. He would get to play with bets. He would get to play with Freeman. These guys are also superstars. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think like the LA market, like he, he will obviously be amazing, but it's also like not a high pressure market like New York in New York. I think for better or worse, it's very demanding. And, uh, you know, if you don't perform exactly to the standards that are, that are expected of you, then, then people tear you down. I don't think that that necessarily happens in LA. There's too many other things going on there. I don't think that the Dodgers are like the thing that people in LA care about the most. No, no, you got diehards everywhere, but yeah, no, you you have an entire fan base turn on you. If your ERA is over three, five and you're expected to be a, a, an ace and, 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 you know, you don't want to, you certainly don't want to mess up that sort of mojo with, you know, literally the unicorn of baseball. Yeah. And, and I think that just the way that the Dodgers have approached this, they cleared out the, the contracts that they did have. They're under the, the apron. I think that they're just setting up to give him $600 million. And, and uh, I think that they probably get it done, which that's that's fine. I I just, uh, that's just what I expect to happen. I would be thrilled if it didn't happen. I mean, I obviously don't want him to go to like, you know, the Braves or the Yankees or something like that, but. Oh, um, we'll imagine him, imagine him linking up with that Braves roster. I don't even want to really mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm know. looking at like, I'm looking at the free agent class next year and like, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's had a very up and down season. He's been hurt this year. Looked great out of the bat off the bat, but, uh, you know, there's not really a strong free eight. Oh, look at Aaron Nola hitting the market. Giolito hitting the market, Sonny Gray hitting the market. Sonny, I, I know everyone says he can't pitch in New York, but Sonny Gray has had uh, like a not a great month and a half here. Oh, he fell off. That's a shame. He was having a great year. Yeah, he was. I, he was an all star. Um, yeah. But yeah, he he's been giving up uh, like uh, four or five runs. I think every time I see him, so. Oh, that's a shame. I wasn't keeping up. I know he was ZRA was uh was really scraping for a while and, and oh that's a shame. Hopefully he picks it back up. He's a fun pitcher, man. Nola would be a nice get, a little payback for them taking Wheeler. <laughs> I don't I see like I, I see him enjoying where he is there. Whether they have the money well, of course they got the money to pay him. They that's the Middleton stupid money quote. That'll that'll hang over him forever. And, you know, they've done it. (laughs) They've certainly done it. But, um, yeah, I I don't know if Nola walks away from that. They're set up for um, for some some success. Well, here was the thing that I wanted to ask you, because this was uh, a topic of conversation and my my buddies and I met group chat. Nice. Uh, What would you think about 
trading McNeil? And and if you were to do it, would you do it now or would you wait until the offseason? I don't know if, of course, his value is probably skewed right now. I, I wouldn't say it's shot because everyone knows what Jeff McNeil can be when he's Jeff McNeil. This season, he surely hasn't been the Jeff McNeil we're used to seeing. Um, he's shown flashes. Uh, I want to say it was a, a rope on Tuesday night that I was said, boy, that looked, that looked like Jeff McNeil. And yeah, I haven't been able to say that very often this year. Um if someone were to come calling and yeah, yeah, no one's unmovable. Um, I would like to see Jeff McNeil in the mix. Cause again, we, as much as anyone know what he can bring to a team when he's right. And boy, he would go just like Arias is with Miami and he would just be a, a an integral piece if he returns to form and, you don't want to lose that, I guess. But um, I guess if the if the the price was right, I guess it's really got to make sense, though. Yeah. Um, that, well, that's part of the reason why I would like to see what Mauricio can do because if Ronnie is up and he's good and he hits, then I think it makes Jeff, even with his positional flexibility a little bit more expendable. We have, we're going to have to see. And, and again, to state it once more, one more time, regardless of what happens, who they trade, anything, there's going to be roster spots opening because guys are going to move. Ronnie's got to be here. Vientos has to be here. The organization has to know what they have in these guys. You know, we said it before about Beatty and, and Alvarez, like, you know, you can't get too high or too low because there's still a lot of development at this level to take place. What we're seeing, of course, is promising certain degrees, of course, and you know, different in certain levels for, for, for each guy. But, you know, without Vientos getting a fair shake, without Ronnie finally being called up, despite a really down month, month, you know, six weeks or so, which, you know, a guy hits 367 with a, my goodness, thousand, uh, not, not thousand plus, but damn near pushing thousand OPS over a month in AAA. It's conceivable. He was expecting a call up, didn't get it. Maybe got a little, uh, disheartened. Yeah. And, um, you know, baseball's going to do that to you. Life will do that to you. But how he bounces back from adversity and whether it be a slump, whether it be a little bit of, uh, a chip on his shoulder from, from, from not coming up when maybe he arguably should have been whatever the case is you know how he adjusts is going to say a lot about what he's going to do in this game and how he adjusts to triple a says one thing how he adjusts to the major leagues how he adjusts to the the adversity that he's going to face undoubtedly in the major leagues it's going to say a lot more and until the mets know that you know they're spinning their wheels what are we even doing here to, to share one of my favorite little phrases. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with all of that. Um, I'm excited to see what they'll do. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just I, I I I think we've seen too much from this team to uh, for me to really like buy in that they're gonna 
rip off that type of run, but I would love to see it. I would be so happy. Like would be great. no one would be cheering louder than me, but I just don't think that, that this team has that, uh, has well, yeah, definitely, it's certainly not enough to buy like to quote unquote buy. Well, yeah. And, and Steve said as much, right? Like in his talk last month, we were about at the same position in terms of games back as we are right now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right about. So, Boy, you look back at that brave series when <laughs> they were only like three out of the division or something like that. <laughs> and that seems like eons ago. And it was like the middle of May or yeah. early June possibly. I'm fairly certain the Braves haven't lost since then. No, not once. <laughs> or at least nine runs a game since, at least. Dude, <laughs> did you watch any of the Braves-Diamondbacks game from yeah. Tuesday? <laughs> oh I my was just going to say. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. People are saying juice ball. I say I don't care. That was unreal. I want it. They should juice some balls for the Mets games. I would love <laughs> Yeah. It's possible. Hey, you know, last night was a, a bit of a barn burner in Queens. I, I'm sorry, Tuesday night. If you're listening to this on Thursday. Yeah, it was. Uh, shout out to Sarah Lang. She posted that it was the first time that in four different games that both teams scored above 10 runs. Uh, it was the first time since like two times in July 1894. So something that wasn't seen in all of the 1900s of baseball, we got to see last night. It was pretty cool. Baseball truly is the best. Really, a yes. uh, uh, sincere thank you to Sarah for everything she does for the game. Uh, you know, we could go on for a very long time speaking Sarah Lang's praises, but um, we won tonight. Uh, Darren, we'll be back. I believe towards the end of the weekend, early next week. But until then, we got anything else to uh, to address, or are we are we off, my friend? Uh, no. Uh, what's the sign off? It's let's fucking go Mets. I don't care what the record says. The vibe doesn't change. <laughs> it just doesn't. Why not? I said it going into the game on Wednesday, man. I don't care where they're at right now. I'm just excited to watch Mets baseball. If they win the game, awesome. If not. There's another one tomorrow, and we get to live like that for the next, oh, I don't know, 10, 10 or so weeks. That's right. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like now, right, like I, I've kind of gotten over um, what my expectations were for the <laughs> team. And they are what they are, right? So you just you just enjoy them for what they are and – We'll get to enjoy Alvarez. I, he really is like so worth watching. I I love watching him. Dude, just enjoy baseball. Like you know, the Mets might suck, but boy, if you're a Mets fan, you've been down this road before. Sure, it's a disappointing season, big letdown, but you've probably been down that road too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, enjoy baseball. There's so much good baseball going on right now. Even if the Mets don't make a run and it's a lost season, there's plenty of. Uh, uh, a beautiful game to be to be tossed around. And on that note, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. It's LFGM. It's uh, yeah. Hopefully, get some dubs. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>